Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. On this episode of Newt's World, I want to put in context what we're living through. Because I think if you come down to the narrowest explanation, it's, you know, Canada may have lost, Canada's unhappy, Canada's supporters are unhappy. Well, that's been true for elections since the founding of the Republic. In fact, even back when we were the colonies and people ran for the colonial legislature. That wouldn't make this remarkable or unusual. What makes this remarkable is that we have been in a least five-year-long conflict in which every element of the national establishment has gradually become recruited to try to destroy Donald Trump and the movement that he represents, to go after the people who were inappropriate, whether it was Barack Obama's definition of them living in small towns, having guns and clinging to their Bibles, or it was Hillary Clinton's or others. This whole sense of these strange people who don't understand in a sophisticated way why selling out American jobs to China and having great relationships with international organizations is more important than American jobs, or that kneeling rather than standing for the national anthem is a sign that you're cool or a whole range of things which for at least half the country are unacceptable. So this election has to be seen within a historic context that it is part of a much bigger drama, a drama in which all of the bigs are opposed to Donald Trump and his base. And by all of the bigs, I include people like Facebook, which actually has a dozen Chinese scientists working right now trying to apply Chinese techniques to being able to censor 
Facebook. It includes Twitter, which is recently, as in the middle of this week, censored four out of six tweets by Rush Limbaugh, has censored the president of the United States, and increasingly, along with Google, have kicked conservatives and pro-Trump people off the system, crippling their ability to communicate. So that was just a piece of it. And then, of course, there was the big media, whether it was the New York Times or NBC News or the Washington Post, and their unified hatred of Trump, or it was the big academics, the fancy universities, who had contempt and deep, bitter hostility for the kind of old-fashioned, pro-American, patriotic approach, or for the desire to actually appoint constitutional conservatives to the judgeships. All of these things have been swirling around. They started in the summer of 2016, when there was a serious effort initially financed by the Clinton campaign, and then gradually taken over by the FBI and the CIA to destroy President Trump before he even got elected. Then there was the effort to spy on him and his administration after he got elected. Then there was the effort to have a long investigation, diverting his attention and putting him under pressure when Robert Mueller was appointed and went out of his way and brought in very bitterly anti-Trump lawyers, and none of that worked. And in the end, his report was nothing. And then having failed at that, and the Russian collusion theory collapsing, they came back with a new charge, which involved a phone call to the Ukraine, which turned out to be grandly ironic once it became clear how much money the Biden family was making out of Ukraine. But at the time was seen as a horrifying example of Donald Trump being inappropriate leading to an impeachment vote in the House with no evidence in its rejection by the Senate. All of these things going on to try to find some way to get rid of this guy who was methodically changing Washington. He was deregulating things. He was adopting policies that were working, but they were repudiating the old order. So when he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, for example, a generation of so-called experts who had for 35 years blocked that from happening were appalled. And then it worked. And then three countries recognized Israel. And suddenly they really hate him because I mean, it's bad enough that he is sort of this real estate rube who doesn't understand in a sophisticated way what they do. But it's even worse that his instincts were right and theirs were wrong. So the fear and loathing, to use Hunter Thompson's phrase, is just extraordinary. And then you got to the election. Of course, early on, the Democrats were pretty sure they were going to win because all the polls showed that you know, Trump was going to lose. In fact, at one point, they had a poll that showed in Wisconsin he was down 17 points, which was always an absurdity. But it actually misguided them because when their liberal pollsters would take the kind of polls that made them feel good, it also told them that their policies were acceptable. And of course, part of what that led to was a radical Democratic Party that was unacceptable to a substantial number of Americans, which is why when you began to get to the Senate elections and you saw $80 million spent to defeat Mitch McConnell and he won, you saw $80 million being spent to defeat Lindsey Graham and he won, and you saw, I think, $100 million being spent to defeat Joni Ernst and she won, there was something going on. And then you watched, instead of Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats picking up seats, which the news media all expected, they lost seats. And now it's getting even worse. And not only did they lose seats, but they lost seats to the largest number of women ever elected to the House as Republicans. And they lost seats to minority Republican candidates. 
as the party began to become much more diverse under Kevin McCarthy's leadership. And then at the state and local level, the Republicans were gaining ground, picking up seats in the legislature, picking up a governorship. So the result was that the polls not only misled the news media, the polls misled the Democrats because they were so wrong, they allowed them to get out on the limb of issues and policies that people just wouldn't accept. That's the framework in which we get to one of the great differences in American politics, something you've heard me talk about before. Republicans focus on campaigns. So we were appalled that Joe Biden would hide in his basement. We thought it was amazing. We made fun of it. We couldn't understand it. Democrats focus on elections. So if you focus on a campaign, you want a candidate who's out there and who's got great crowds and who's got people excited and you have momentum. But if you focus on elections, you want to build a machine that wins the election. You don't care about the candidate. And so that's what they were methodically doing. While Biden was hiding in his basement, they were building a machine designed to win no matter what. And early on, they thought it would be easy because they thought Trump would collapse and the polling all told them that he would collapse. But they also had some insurance policies. Calista and I were at the White House Tuesday night and everything seemed okay. And we were ahead in all six of the key states and suddenly voting stopped. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And we stayed to hear the presidents. We were there until almost three in the morning. And when we got up the next morning, we found that hundreds of thousands of ballots had suddenly appeared. All of them, by the way, for Biden. According to 538, which is a liberal New York Times spinoff, I'm hardly a fan of Trump, but they said that there were 23,000 votes in one dump and Trump got zero. Now, what's the mathematical likelihood? This is the kind of vote you get in Zimbabwe or Cuba or China or Russia or Venezuela. But no free society gets 23,000 to zero votes. And people began to look at what was going on. As somebody who represented Georgia for 20 years, I noticed that in every one of the key swing states, the president started out with big majorities. They looked like he was guaranteed to win. And then people began finding votes. So, for example, in Georgia, Savannah managed to find 15,000 votes that they'd misplaced. As of the time I'm talking to you, they have lost 8,000 military votes in Georgia. They don't know where they are. It's very mysterious. And most people believe those 8,000 votes would mostly go to Trump. They can't prove that. But historically, they're pretty conservative. We saw this in a Virginia House race where the Democrat was behind. And then magically at the last minute, it turned out that the card for the computer had an additional several thousand votes, happened to be in somebody's pocket, and they just had forgotten it. And magically it came out shortly after all the other votes were counted, and she won. Every time you turn around, whether it's in Detroit, or it's in Philadelphia, or it's in Atlanta, you find that these kind of things were happening. In addition, the Democrats and their machines worked very hard not to have people know exactly what they were doing or where the votes were coming from or how they were being counted. And so from our perspective, there's a great deal that is very fishy about all this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path, and now you can own a piece of that history. I'm thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition, one-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform that led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. Available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. The national establishment, of course, wants Trump to immediately concede because they'd like to get it over with, walk off, and never look at it again. They don't want to know if there are any votes that are illegal. They don't want to know if there have been data dumps that are false. They don't want to think about what would happen if it turned out the 23,000 to zero vote was phony and that was deducted from Biden in Pennsylvania. They don't want to think about what would happen in Atlanta if there was a careful, accurate count. So their current goal is to close it all down. You know, the president owes it to the rest of us to concede. Well, first of all, a television channel announcing that they had projected the president or the vice president to carry a particular state has no legal binding. They have to go through a process in many states where they've had to certify the votes. Then they have the opportunity to go back and recount. And then they have the opportunity to go to court and challenge. For example, there are people who were voting who weren't alive. There are people who are voting who didn't live in the state. And there are all sorts of reasons to believe that at a minimum, we owe it to the American people to methodically insist on going through a careful count and going through a real check against all these ballots. 
know, where did they come from? Are they real? Was the person registered? Or if they're in a state, we can register. Did they provide the right information to register on same-day registration? So there are a lot of things though, that have to be looked at. The system's going to break into three parts. The Democrats, of course, and most of the news media are going to chant that Trump owes it to the country to cave and give in and be reasonable because, after all, now that he's been defeated, he has to accept it and walk off. There's a group of accommodationist Republicans who always believe it's their job to side with the Democrats and news media. And they're going to say, you know, I really don't like the president talking about vote theft, and I don't like the president talking about corruption. And they don't particularly want to look at the data. They don't want to look at the growing amount of evidence. And then there are the people around Trump who understand that Trump's race in 2015 and 2016 was a direct head-on assault at a national establishment which had betrayed the American people, no longer represented them, represented its own interests, and very often represented those interests in alliance with foreign countries, including China and Russia. So those will be the three factions. And you'll see this swirl for a little bit. And Biden and the Democrats, with the strong support from the news media and from the internet companies, will go all out to say, look, it's really all over, even though the votes haven't all been counted. It's really all over. And we don't need to have any recounts. So we'll just go ahead and move forward. And after all, now that we've finished getting the election, can't we all go ahead and be friends? And I think you'll see the president saying, no, I want every vote counted. I want to make sure where there are questions, that we answer the questions, and that we owe it to the American people to have an honest, straightforward election in which every honest ballot is counted, every legal ballot is counted. but no illegal ballot, and no corrupt ballot is counted. Well, you look at a place like Detroit or Philadelphia or Atlanta, that's a tall order. And that's going to require going through precinct by precinct, vote by vote, and challenging the people who have good reason to be excluded. So I think that's part of where we are right now. The other thing to remember is that this is a real power struggle between the interlocking elements of the national establishment, the high-tech companies, the people who invested heavily in China and made huge amounts of money, the people who represent the left-wing activists on college campuses, the big city machines. All of these folks have a broad coalition that will each take care of the other. The big city machines and the teachers union want money, and they don't care about left-wing radicalism. The left-wing radicals, don't care about money. So they form a natural alliance. The internet companies are all based in Silicon Valley, where they are, if anything, more liberal than the news media. The news media is so monolithically left now that it'd be very, very dangerous for a young reporter to be pro-Trump and expect to keep their job. So all of these different elements are going to swirl together. In the next week or two, you're going to see enormous pressure brought to bear on the president and on the president's supporters. But I think that America is an amazing country. And much like Nixon, who had won an enormous election, carried all but two states, ended up with, I think, almost about 60% of the vote, and two years later was resigning from office because the research went on, the investigations went on. Now, in that case, the media was against him, so it was easier. 
But I think in the next few days, you will see a lot of things come out. I say that in part because at Gingrich 360, we're getting an amazing number of emails from different people who are telling us about specific examples, people who were intimidated, people who were told they couldn't be poll watchers, people who saw specific examples. I think that that is going to continue to grow. I think now that people understand that you don't have to be passive, I would be very surprised if during a really serious in-depth review, Georgia doesn't flip back to the president. I think Arizona's gonna flip to the president. I think Pennsylvania, the corruption in Philadelphia, historically has always been enormous. And I think it's very likely that Pennsylvania will flip back to the president. So I think this dance is not done. The other thing which people don't pay much attention to is Nevada. And there the Republicans have so many examples of things that were wrong that they've actually filed a lawsuit in federal court because they think they can turn around the entire election in Nevada just based on how much they've done wrong. But as you watch all this, and a lot of it's confusing, frankly, I spent four or five days digging into this. And with all of my experience, I'm confused. So if you feel confused, don't feel bad. And later on, I'll try to do a very methodical podcast that will walk you through all the details and give you sort of a glossary that you can understand what's going on as this thing evolves. But the key thing is that all of the elements of the establishment went all out at every level in order to defeat Trump. And they may or may not have. The truth is we don't know right now. My personal belief in my heart is that if you count honest legal ballots, Trump will be reelected. If you count dishonest illegal ballots, Biden will be elected. And the question will be whether or not the Trump team can do the kind of research, both to win the public opinion argument, that yes, this really was a corrupt election, and to win the cases in court. And remember that this is a long process. This is not going to happen in a week or 10 days. And that state legislatures under the Constitution have an enormous role to play. So if, in fact, it starts to unravel, and if, in fact, the left starts to lose ground, there's a lot of reason to believe that you could suddenly be in a very different story, just like the impeachment, just like the Russian collusion, just like Bob Mueller, that one more failed effort to destroy Trump and the Trump movement. But we'll see. In either event, frankly, the movement will go on. President Trump has now aroused something like 60 million Americans, and they're not going to go away, and they're not going to be accommodated, and they're not going to see a Kamala Harris radical San Francisco future as an acceptable vision of the country they want to live in. One way or the other, America will, in fact, continue to evolve and continue to repudiate the left. If I were a Democrat and I looked at what happened in the Senate, the House, and the state legislatures, I wouldn't feel very comfortable going forward. One last comment along the line that because of all the noise, people haven't paid attention. Trump got the highest vote among minorities of any Republican in 60 years. After all the attacks on him as a racist, as xenophobic, et cetera, he got a higher vote than anybody had gotten in 60 years as a Republican. He also did remarkably well with Muslim Americans. Ironically, after moving the embassy to Jerusalem, he actually did slightly better among Muslim Americans than among Jewish Americans. 
he did very well among married women. Ironically, if he had a weakness, it was with white males, where he didn't do quite as well as he did in 16. He doubled his vote among African-American females and more than doubled his vote among African-American males. And that really is a remarkable achievement at a time when he'd been attacked so consistently. So there is something out there of people coming together who have begun to see the light, who realize that all these big institutions are opposed to them. And I think, by the way, that that movement is going to be dramatically expanded by the reaction to the liberal democratic governors who are so committed to dictatorial policies, to controlling your life, to telling you what you can and can't do. So I think this is all going to be fascinating. If you do run across serious evidence, send it to us at gingrich360.com slash honest elections. And encourage your friends to remember the long history of the United States. This is one more act, but that we have every reason to believe that the American people, not Donald Trump, not the elites, not the news media, not Joe Biden, the American people are capable of saving their country and that they will once again do so. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path, and now you can own a piece of that history. I'm thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition, one-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform that led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. Available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. I wanted to report in because this is such an amazing experience. And I wanted to share with you as my own thinking is evolving, just how bizarre this all is. I'm writing a piece right now taking the movie The Irishman, which is about a mafia hitman, and comparing it to the 2020 election because the level of intimidation, corruption, dishonesty that took place this year can only be seen in the context of dealing with the mafia and the ways in which they are hiding things and the news media is complicit in avoiding looking at things is just astonishing. I just want to give you a few things. With absentee ballots, The former vice president was 60 points up in Pennsylvania, 40 points up in Michigan. Yet when you go to other states like Ohio, his advantage was 15.3. Arizona was 6.3. Georgia was 5.4. Very unlikely that there's such a huge difference between Minnesota 4.9, between the kind of stunning vote he's getting in Michigan and Pennsylvania and the kind of vote he got in states where that particular thing was not being corrupted. Now, they point out there was a sudden surge of votes late at night that happened in both Wisconsin and Michigan at almost exactly the same moment. And you see these things starting to develop. It also turns out that when you look at the patterns for U.S. Senate candidates and Biden, that in these key states, for example, in Cuyahoga, Ohio, he had a net gain of 4,000 votes compared to Hillary. In Wayne County, Michigan, it was a net gain of 70,000. And you have to wonder, so what was happening differently in Wayne County, which is Detroit, that you would have a jump that was literally 16 and a half times bigger than in a comparable place in Ohio? He points out that Joe Biden, with almost record low enthusiasm, underperformed compared to Hillary Clinton. In New York City, he was down... 201,000 votes. In Chicago, he was down 260,000 votes. And in Miami, he was down 6,900 votes. But in the states that he needed get, suddenly, magically, in Atlanta, he's up 76,000. In Milwaukee, he's up 67,000. In Pittsburgh, he's up 29,000. So you look at that and you think, since all of the polling said that People were more enthusiastic about voting for Trump than voting for Biden. How did he get this kind of massive turnout? In Pennsylvania, at the end of election night, Trump was ahead by 800,000 votes. And then suddenly, over the next few hours, there was huge dumps. 538, which is a New York Times spinoff that is hardly pro-Trump, reported that two more batches of Pennsylvania vote reported at 23,277 votes for Biden, zero, zero for Trump. It's one thing to say he's going to get 75% of the vote, but 100% of the vote is the kind of margin you get in a place like Venezuela or Zimbabwe or Cuba or China. It's not something you get in a genuinely free society. So you keep going down these things, And it is just amazing how many different places. We know already of one computer system which totally reversed the vote. That's Antrim County, Michigan, which Trump had carried by 30 points in 2016. But Biden was ahead by 29 points 
in 2020, which couldn't possibly be right. And when the New York Times pointed this out on Twitter, suddenly they said, oh, there was an error. And they suddenly added back in to the, the Trump majority. And it turns out, by the way, that particular kind of computer actually is in use all over the United States. And so there's really good reason to wonder how many places was that computer programmed wrong, because these are programming errors. These are not human errors. Ron Blagojevich, the former governor of Illinois, said, there's no question of what's happening in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and other cities. He said, quote, in big cities where they control the political apparatus and they control the apparatus that counts the votes and they control the polling places and the ones who count the votes, it's widespread and it's deep. So these are the kind of things we're seeing over and over again. There's also reports of people who are dead voting in fairly significant numbers. Somebody came in and actually took the Social Security death index on your voter information and then compared it with what was happening. So there was a guy named William who died in 1984 at the age of 82, but he applied for an absentee ballot on September 11th. He submitted it on September 19th. They've been actively voting dead people for several months before the election. I mean, this was not a last-minute thing. These were people who had figured out that they had to win Pennsylvania, Michigan, and if they could add to that Georgia and Arizona and Wisconsin, then it was over. So they focused their efforts in a handful of states that were just sort of remarkable. So I'm going to continue to dig into this. We have an entire project at Gingrich 360, and we will be publishing material there. And if you go to Gingrich 360 slash Honest Elections, you'll be able to send us stuff that you want us to see. It is just remarkable how much we're learning. And the intimidation, we have people who are saying, yes, what you're talking about is true, but... I am afraid to say anything. I had literally one person say to me, I would probably be put out of business in the city that I'm in if I were to testify to what I know is true. And so I don't want to risk my family and my business. So that level of intimidation is out there. And there's just an amazing range. The Nevada Republican Party, by the way, sent a letter to the Attorney General Barr saying that they've identified 3,000 individuals who appear to have improperly cast mail ballots in the election. So... Lot to learn, lot to look at still, and I just want to let you know that I'm going to continue working on this. I don't care what the networks say. We're a long way from finishing this process, and every time I turn around, I get new emails with new examples of corruption and how it was done and how deeply determined the machine was to steal these states. Stay tuned. As always, I will try to keep reporting as I learn things. If you run across examples of evidence proof of fraud in voting or in counting, or if you run across people willing to talk with us about it, contact us by writing to gingrich360.com slash honest elections. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Slough. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penwood. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich360. Please email me with your questions at gingrich360.com slash questions. I'll answer a selection of questions in future episodes. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about.
I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 